Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. This is Earl Stewart Live. You just heard the recorded introduction. And uh, we're pretty much as represented. Uh, we're still missing one of the key members of our group here. It's my son, Stu Stewart. Stu, I hope you're listening. I hope you're feeling better. And he's got a issue with the back that is, anybody who's ever had a back problem, they're no fun. But uh, he did the mystery shopping rewrite this week. And uh, uh, that shows, shows that he is feeling better. Uh, maybe he'll be back in the next uh, week or two. So I uh, hope you're listening, Stu. Uh, for you newbies, uh, people that haven't heard this show before, uh, we're something that I think you'll enjoy listening to. We're unique. You're always looking for something different on the air. Well, we're definitely different. And we're a show that uh, live, candid. Did you hear the disclaimer? If you were tuned uh, three minutes ago, the radio station every week just before Earl on Cars comes on live, they say, you know... Uh, this guy, uh, what he's saying, we disclaim any responsibility <laughs> for for that because we say some things on this show that are uh, pretty uh, devastating to car dealers, frankly. I mean, uh, we talk about car dealers out there that are breaking the law, uh, uh, that are uh, tricking their customers into buying cars to pay too much money, uh, overcharging them for things that they really don't... Uh, well, they really shouldn't cost anything. Uh, high-priced uh, dealer-installed accessories, uh, exorbitantly high interest rates. Uh, did you know that the largest car dealer, and, the, and I'm, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit, the largest car dealer in the world, AutoNation, they're the largest publicly-owned company. Uh, I believe Lithia uh, squeaked by them, uh, another publicly owned company, re- briefly, but uh, for all intents and purposes, AutoNation has dominated retail auto sales in the world uh, for many years. Did, do you know that they make over $2,700 for every car they sell in finance and insurance and products like uh, extended service contracts, uh, maintenance contracts, gap insurance? That's just on the finance end of things. So we talk about these things. People don't know this. Uh, the, the the facts uh, of retailing automobiles uh, is amazingly uh, closeted uh, and secret. So we talk about it on the show. So if you haven't listened before, we really would encourage you uh, to get into the show a little bit. Maybe uh, we're going to be on for two hours. We're, we're on from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're, we're broadcasting out of uh, North Palm Beach, Florida, but we're worldwide. We're, we literally are. We stream. You can see us on the video, uh, facebook.com forward slash Cars, youtube.com 
forward slash Earl on Cars. You can stream us anytime just by uh, streamearloncars.com, www.streamearloncars.com. But you don't have to listen to me, Yak, uh, or any uh, any of the other folks in the studio who I will be introducing shortly. We have we have some people here that uh, that have specialties uh, that uh, I, I mean, things that I don't know about that they know about. I know a lot about cars because I've been a car dealer since 1968. And in the way of full transparency, which most car dealers don't like full transparency, but I do, um, I am a car dealer. I also have this show. And um, I write books. I write columns. um, I uh, do a blog, a public speaking. My wife Nancy and I uh, are are partners as, as our consumer advocacy role. But at the same time, we have a car dealership, a Toyota dealership in North Palm Beach. Uh, I'm not going to try to sell you any Toyotas or anything else out of that car dealership, but if I don't mention it at all and you find out, you say, well, there's something going on there. So fact of this matter, uh, I've, been, I've been doing this for a long time, and about 20-some-odd years ago, I kind of got the idea that I was doing it wrong, uh, that I was taking advantage of customers like most car dealers do, <coughs> and uh, we switched. and we, uh, we decided to do it a different way, and in the process, I said, let me pass along some of the tips to you because you can't buy all your cars from any one dealer wherever you are in the country. Listen to what we have to say. Call in. There I finally said the most important thing that I can say. Please call the show. And you'll hear these numbers and uh, URLs, uh, websites, uh ways to reach the show to see it on video or audio you'll hear it a lot and uh for a purpose nobody sits here for two hours and listens to this show i i'm a realist you know you're going somewhere you're listening on your car radio wherever you are you might listen for 15 20 minutes and you tune in you tune out new people come in other people leave but if you can jot this down if you can do it safely if you're not driving 877 960-9960. Very important because the show is you. Uh, We could tell you what we know, but what we know may not be interesting to you or important to you, but we know that you know (laughs) what's important to you. So you call the show, please. 877-960-9960. And we have uh, five lines. I thought we had three lines. I thought we had five lines. And they light up fast because, as I say, we reach tens of thousands of people. I mean, they're all over the place. We get calls from Oklahoma and California and and even out of the country, Canada. Uh, We uh, actually had a call from Bali not too long ago. So we're international. So we will watch that phone monitor. My wife, Nancy Stewart, she's my co-host, my partner here. And uh, she's sitting to me on my left in the studio. She's got a laptop. And every time a call comes in to 877-960-9960, that's 877-960-9960, she immediately alerts whoever happens to be talking. It could be Rick Kearney, our certified diagnostic master technician. Generally, Stu Stewart, my son, is here, but he isn't. As I mentioned earlier in the show, he has some issues with his back. He's out temporarily, and he'll be back shortly. Um, but um, if, if you have a question, 
uh, and you call that number. We'll get to you right away. We prioritize the telephone number. We also have a text number. That text number is 772-497-6530. I don't want to dazzle you with numbers, but uh, they're important. I mean, we have some of the most amazing callers, really. I mean, uh, interesting uh, texters. we got some texters out there. Anne-Marie is one of our incredible texters. And uh, every week, uh, please, Anne-Marie, you got to be texting us because yours is the gym. Typically. Don't forget Donovan. Uh, and uh, yeah, Donovan. I mean, we got it's like friends. We're like a family. We have some regular callers that are really good. And uh, YouTube, uh, uh, normally uh, Rick Kearney, uh, certified diagnostic master technician, the expert on everything mechanical, electronic with a car. He also monitors our YouTube channel with Stu Elf. He does a Facebook too. So that's Facebook dot Facebook dot com forward slash roll on cars. And uh, he does a text. He's doing it all over there. So he's our digital uh, communication guy right here. So anything you text us or call us, calling will be Nancy Stewart to my left. And uh, because we've only got five lines and we we prioritize the telephone. Personality. I mean, we got some people out there that are just absolutely amazing. Uh, the way they talk, the, the way they sound, their sense of humor, uh, their perception, uh, the questions they ask, really cool. So please call 877-960-9960. And the other channels, of course, are always open. Oh, here's, a, here's my... Our anonymous feedbacks have dropped off. And uh, our anonymous feedback is something we used to really get a lot of. Maybe I haven't been mentioning the URL often enough, but it's your anonymous Feedback.com. Y O U R A N O N Y M O U S. You're anonymous. Feedback.com. And we can't tell who you are, where you are, and uh, we can't come and get you. I mean, we don't know where you live. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know where you work. Say anything you want to. You can be insulting if you want to. I mean, I mean, sometimes I get mad. I mean, we all get mad. So if you want to vent, vent on your anonymous feedback.com. And uh, privacy is important to a lot of people. Total privacy. We can't find you. I mean, we don't know. I mean, a lot of blue chip companies use that for input from their customers and also for their employees. Uh, we use it at our dealership for input from our employees because sometimes an employee doesn't want to tell the boss the truth. You know, I'm a boss, and I can tell you from experience of many years of being a boss, uh, people tell you what you want to hear. That's called job security. That's smart. You tell people, you know, hi, Mr. Stewart. I love this place. I love where I work. But you know they don't. Everybody doesn't love everything about anything they do. So we have your anonymousfeedback.com. Tell us how you really feel about the show. Uh, I'm going to uh, rotate the mic- microphone to Nancy Stewart. She's sitting on my left here. As I say, she's a founder of this show with me. A thousand years ago, not literally, maybe 20, and uh, when we were only a half an hour on the show. Oh, by the way, and she just reminded me, and I already forgot, we had a big uh, expansion in our listener lister, uh, and watchers, I guess, last week. And uh, Vic- Victor Canales, who is the owner of this station, uh, True Oldies, uh, we are now heading, hitting the True Oldie channels, and there's a chain of them all over. Uh, but south of us, 
right now we're in North Palm Beach. We would stretch, you know, to Lake Worth maybe, uh, you know, uh, just uh, 25, 30 miles. Now we're all the way to almost Miami. We're in Fort Lauderdale. We're in Pompano. Uh, all that, that heavy, heavy population area to the south of us. And this is where we have a lot of really aggressive, tough guy car dealers. South Florida is the tough guy car dealership center of the world. I mean, worse than Los Angeles, worse than Chicago, worse than New York. South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and that area down there, really tough. And so uh, we'll be shopping down there, and we've expanded the true oldies channels uh, in that area. Uh, you, if, you're, if you're from that area, we'd love to have you every Saturday morning for some period of time, and we'd love to have you call the show at 877-960-9960. Now, I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy, and she'll tell you about what she does, something very important, by the way, for you ladies. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. We certainly enjoy your company, and uh, you make the show, definitely. So give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I'm going to read you something from the Consumer Report, and uh, this is from the uh, December issue. And uh, it's great news. It's great news for the consumer. Uh, did you know that Consumer Report has more has for more than a decade been urging policymakers to do more to prevent deceptive auto sales tactics? In July, the Federal Trade Commission took an important step, proposing rules that would, among other things, require dealers to disclose the full price a consumer will have to pay for a car. Great news, we're headed in the right direction with 2023 around the corner, all of us working for the consumer. And that explains all of us here as advocates and what we do every single Saturday. Also, uh, what we do is we reward the female caller. The first two new female callers, you win yourself $50, $50. Give us a call. First two new female callers, 877-960-9960. And um, as Earl said, don't forget your anonymous feedback. We love love hearing from your anonymousfeedback.com and uh, also uh, we have uh, Earl's Vigilantes and uh, if you haven't been able to you know write all this down you can go ahead over to Earl on Cars and get all that information uh, we're going to drop what we're doing right now uh, we've got a whole lot to get to but we have several callers lined up already we're going to go to Bob in Lake Park good morning Bob Bob, is Bob unclear to you? Good morning. How are you today? Hi, Bob. Can you hear us? Good morning. How Hi. are you today? Hi, Bob. We're doing good. You may need to turn your radio down. Oh, that's what it is. We're on a bit of a delay. I have a question for Rick. Sure. I'm listening. 
Bob, your um, yeah. whatever whatever you're listening to will uh, interfere my, oh, with your conversation with Rick. So if you could turn that down. I uh, tried the, uh, playing around with the fuses. Okay, you got a problem with the Mustang? And I tried the relay also, and uh, I'm a little bit stumped. Yeah, two, uh, it's EcoBoost. Okay. What, what's the problem you're having, Bob? Hey, Bob, I'll tell you what, we're going to have to uh, discontinue this call. There's something that you may uh, cannot hear. We do uh, on the air, but we can't hear out. a word you're saying. We're going we're gonna to hang up, and you please call us right back, will you? And maybe we'll get a better connection. Thank you. Bye, Bob. 877-960-9960. And as you heard, Bob's going to give us a call back. We had a, a bit of uh, interference there. Uh, we're going to go to Daisy, who has been holding, and uh, she is a first-time caller. Uh, and she's calling us from Tequesta. Good morning, Daisy. Hello, Daisy. Hello. Hello. Daisy, can you hear us? Hello. Hi, Hello. Daisy. Hello. Can you hear Hello. us, Daisy? Hello. <laughs> oh, we seem to be having some technical yeah. difficulties. Uh, yeah. Okay, Daisy, um, if you too would give us a call back, I uh, would be uh, uh, very appreciative. All of us would. Uh, we're going to move to the next caller, and that is Jay, who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Jay. Well, this is embarrassing. Uh, it's raining real hard. Maybe that's the problem. But our phones aren't working. And I wonder if uh, if Jeremy in the studio uh, has got any clue about that. Maybe. Hello, uh, Jay. Can you hear us at all? Okay. I'm going to check with the control room. Which, uh, <coughs> you, I'll be right back. Okay. 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 Well. Uh, my apologies to all you folks that are holding. I hope you're still holding. We'll try to find out what that technical issue was, but we've had Bob and Daisy and Jay who are connected, but we can't get through them. So please uh, bear with us. Bob from Lake Park, uh, Daisy, I think Jay's from West Palm Beach. Daisy, it's important that you hang on and call back because you're a first-time caller, and we need to get your contact information so we can pay you 50 bucks. So uh, all you folks out there struggling with the phones, uh, we're struggling on this end to find out what's wrong. Uh, let me talk a little bit about Rick Kearney while we're working on that technical issue. Uh, if you have a vehicle now, which you probably do, or you wouldn't be listening to the show, uh, you probably have issues with it. I mean, cars are complicated, uh, mechanical, computerized uh, uh, the machines. and. Uh, uh, part of having a car is you have a little problem. Is anybody out there that has a car that has no problem? We'd love to hear about that car. I'd like to buy one of those because I've never owned a car that I didn't have problems with. Right now I'm, wearing, I'm driving a Tesla of all things. Here I'm a Toyota dealer. Here comes the technical report. Uh, <clears throat> I think. We do have a problem with the phones and uh, it is going to be uh, fixed uh, just as soon as we can get in touch with Mike. 
Oh, okay. Well. And uh, Jeremy is uh, trying to. <laughs> that could be a long time. Okay. We, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is every this is every talk show host nightmare, is the fact that he's sitting here in the studio for two hours and nobody can talk to him. So all I can do is rotate around the room and and uh, I was well, just gonna I was just gonna get into uh, Rick Kearney, and uh, you have a problem with your car. Uh, we have our text venue, so you can text us. It's, I think that's Texas working. Yep. 772-497-6530. And, of course, Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And probably our biggest source of video-type respondents is YouTube. And that's YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And I think by going to Rick who is monitoring everything. He's also the computer scientist here that knows the answers to the questions you have in cars. Let's get started on some of those. Well, uh, here's one I'm going to have to guess at and may have to get some help from Jonathan, or hopefully you might know this. This one, of course, our first text is from Anne-Marie. And she says, Good morning. I was perusing your dealership's website late at night and noticed that it has a chat bot. A chat robot. I've noticed more and more websites have chat bots. That made me wonder, number one, what exactly is a chat bot? Is it some kind of artificial intelligence program? And number two, how does it work? Thank you. And P.S. I hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday season. Well, thank you. I mean, what an obvious question. We should probably should have talked about this a long time ago. Most uh, companies uh, have chat rooms, chat bots, uh, whatever you want to call it. It isn't actually a robot. It, and it's, that's bot means robot, but uh, it's a service that most companies uh, subscribe to. And uh, they familiarize the employees with the chatbot service uh, as to what you do, and they have telephone numbers and names and as much material as you can get. But they, they're not really, uh, truth be told, be honest with you, in most cases, they're not part of the company now. There are exceptions. And if you want to have a great chat, go to Apple. <laughs> I mean, mm. Apple is amazing. I mean, I, I swear, sometimes I think I'm talking to a top executive. They, they seem to have all the answers. They're amazing. But most companies can't afford something like that. And uh, my company uh, just uses a chat box. It, 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 you can get angry sometimes because they, they have limitations of what they could do for you. I mean, say, listen, I want to, you go to a chatbot and say, I want to talk to th this person here. Sometimes they can get that person, sometimes they can't, but that's what it is. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's convenient. So you've got the, you can text, you can use the chatbot, uh, you can call just another venue to get through to the company. Cool. Okay, and this one is from Bob in Naples. He says, good morning, all. I've got a used car question. A person buys a new Toyota, drives it a thousand miles, then sells or trades it into a Hyundai dealership, which then immediately sells that car at auction, and a Toyota dealer buys it for resale. Any idea why something like this would happen? Gosh, uh, it would vary with the dealership, the market. Uh, uh, it, 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 it is an unusual situation you just described because um, a, a Toyota is a very popular car. Uh, used and new, and uh, they're uh, hard to come by when it comes to 
uh, new cars or used cars today. Uh, and usually when a dealer gets a uh, new Toyota or a used Toyota, uh, he's going to keep it so he can retail it and make a profit. Why a Hyundai dealer would take one to the auction, um, I mean, there's the, uh, there's the uh, mean, nasty, ulterior motive that there's a problem with the car that uh, he doesn't want to deal with, so he's going to wholesale it and let somebody else worry about the problem. Uh, that's kind of unlikely. Um, if uh, if he is a dealer that uh, adheres to what we call a strict inventory control uh, system, which good dealers are supposed to do, a lot of them don't do it. Uh, we got ourselves in trouble at my dealership by not adhering to strict inventory controls. And by that I mean you have some cars in your inventory and you for whatever reason, don't sell them. You can't sell them. And when you can't sell a car, you've got to get rid of it one way or the other. If you can't retail it, you have to wholesale. The problem is when you wholesale it, you sell it to another dealer for a lot less money than you would sell it to a retail buyer, and you take a loss. And nobody likes to take a loss. So sometimes used car managers and sometimes general managers and a lot of people in dealerships kind of look the other way on those old cars. And then one day they wake up and uh, the owner of the dealership comes in and finds out you got some cars been sitting around for six months or a year and they're worth about half of what they really uh, could be sold for. And so that's a hidden loss. And uh, that means that uh, he has to be the bad guy and say, look, take that out at the auction and sell it and take your loss. And, of course, that goes against their paycheck. Yeah. And they don't like that. So that's... That's kind of the story there. There you have it, folks. Uh, we are going to uh, interrupt uh, our certified uh, mechanic and uh, the recovering car dealer. We're going to go back to the phones, and we are going to try to talk with Daisy. Good morning, Daisy. Oh, please. I realize, Daisy, don't, if don't you can hear us. me, we can't hear you. You are a first-time caller. Um, if, uh, if you would take and, uh, send me your contact information at, uh, 561-386-6498, you still get your $50 reward for being the first new female caller. Thank you for joining us this morning. Okay, well, let's go back uh, for you folks out there listening and trying to call uh, my sincere apologies. We have some technical problems. We don't know what they are. And uh, Jeremy in the control room is trying to reach Mike, who is uh, up the ladder. And I'm getting ready to call Vic Canales, the owner of the station, because I don't know what else to do. So uh, let's let's get back to the text and the YouTubes. If you uh, want to communicate with us, it cannot be at this point in time, apparently, the old-fashioned telephone. So, yeah, so you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Rick. Okay, uh, this one's coming in anonymous. Simply says, is it a good time to buy a car, a new car now? Uh, that's, that's, that's a real uh, big question. Uh, no, it's not a good time. Uh, but the right time to buy a car depends on your own needs and uh, the individual situation with the car you're buying it's a better time than it was six months ago and uh, it will be a better time six months from now uh, we're going through this period of very very short supply 
due to the supply chain issues, the mainly the microchips, it's made it impossible uh, to fully build cars as quickly as the manufacturers would like to. So you're going to pay several thousand dollars more than you would normally have to pay. Uh, if you need a car, then you have to you have to pay the money. Uh, but whether it's a new car or used car, you're just going to pay more today. So measure your need and the benefits of having to pay thousands or more, and then you have to make that hard decision. A lot of people are buying cars, and uh, a lot of car dealers are getting filthy rich, and a lot of manufacturers are making a ton of money. So it's it's a seller's market, folks. In spite of the short supply of microchips, it's nevertheless still a seller's market because the car dealers and the manufacturers are making money hand over fist. If you can wait, wait. Okay. And this one in from on YouTube from Johnny Z. Fraidley. He says, I wonder if RV dealers, recreational vehicle dealers, or motorcycle dealers charge dealer fees as well. Yes, they do. And uh, they learn from the car dealer. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the hidden fee is a phenomenon all over. Uh, uh, if you stayed at a hotel... You, you, you pay some hidden fees. Uh, if you took a cruise, you pay some hidden fees. Uh, if you uh, rented a car, boy, did you pay some hidden fees. Hidden fees are becoming part of our culture. Uh, it seems to me, and I've been a car dealer since 1968, that we car dealers invented the hidden fee. I, we probably didn't. But uh, uh, to me, uh, any fee that's not included in the advertised price of the car or if you quote a price, if you call a company and say, how much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> you know, and he gives you a price, and you come in, and, and the doggy costs $25 more than he told you, uh, you know, that's a, that's a dealer fee. That's a hidden fee. Uh, why the Federal Trade Commission and why the attorney generals of the world let people do that? By people, I mean sellers. Uh, and some, some sellers don't do that. Costco doesn't do it. Apple doesn't do it, Target doesn't do it, uh, but there are a lot of uh, man, uh, retailers that do do that. So, okay, keep feeding me with questions here. And well, I've got one last one here from Guy Larrabee on YouTube. He says, uh, "I'm headed north for the holidays. Can I put just two snow tires on an all-wheel drive SUV?" And my best opinion there is, as long as the tire sizes are the same. You have the correct tire size. I don't see where you'd have any problems with that. I think any advantage you've got when driving in the snow, I would go for it. Um, I don't, of course, I don't have a whole lot of experience with snow. I've only driven it just a, a couple of times when I've been on vacation up north. I mean, we don't really get a whole lot of it down here in Florida, but we do see a lot of sand and rain down here that create similar conditions. So, yeah, anything. As long as you got good tread on there, and obviously your tires are the most important part of the car, really, because that tiny little contact patch on the tire is the only thing connecting you to the road. So it's any advantage you can get, go for it. Yeah, I just had a thought, not being a snow car driver, I don't drive in the snow that often. It's been a long time since I have. But when you're driving uh, in very bad wintry conditions, 
does it, should you deflate your tire a little bit? I mean, to get more, you, you, what, what you said that made me think about it is the contact between the, the rubber and the road. And the less air in the tire, the more contact. Well, I don't know as I would want to deflate them too much. No, no. Especially since the colder air and colder temperature of the yeah. tire, that air is going to be more dense anyway, so well, it's going say, to deflate the pressure, let's say reduce the, pressure anyways. Let's say the factory recommended uh, pressure uh, in a tire was uh, 40 pounds. Uh, uh, what if you would deflate it to 30 pounds? I might go down as low as 35, but I don't know as I'd go all the way down to 30. Yeah. Because then you'd be taking a chance on... Uh, really causing edge wear and you would lose some of the center of grip of the tire because as the outer edges grow mm -hmm. uh, push down the center of the tire actually lifts up some yeah and i think you'd be creating a bit of an issue there with that that's one. a great answer rick and uh, just in case you tuned in uh that is uh rick our certified master a technician who can answer all of your questions and that text number is 772-497-6530 and uh, Jonathan has reminded me that um, well you should listen uh, through the phone not the radio uh, right now so I think uh, Jonathan thinks that was the case uh, with the last caller uh, so <clears throat> bear with us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we're going to try to get a hold of Mike, and uh, I am uh, going to step out of the studio again okay. uh, to try to. Uh, I just called with Victor Canales, and I got a busy signal. Okay. I'm going to step out so you can take over. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, 772-497-6530. That's how you can get in touch with us. All right, let me uh, uh, do what I can do best, which is yak. And uh, uh, we're, uh, if you just tuned in, our apologies to our uh, callers, our telephone calls, because our phones aren't working. Matter of fact, uh, the owner of the uh, station's telephone isn't working either. I got a busy signal. So, um, and uh, we're, we're having difficulty there. We still have youtube.com forward slash Erlong Cars available. And of course, we have our old fashioned text line. 772-497-6530, I think, is working. 772-497-6530. Yep. We've got a couple coming in. Well, let's do that. Then. Okay. Uh, let's see. First one here is from Frank. He says, good morning. It's the Grinch that's stealing your show with the phone problem. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year from Frank and the Jupiter Farms. Oh, thank you, Frank. I appreciate that very much. Okay. It's a it's a, a wonderful time of year, but uh, it's a bad time at uh, Earl and Cars with no telephones. Yeah. Uh, this one coming in anonymous, but says, I have an ES350, a Lexus, with 160,000 miles and in pretty good condition. The issue I've had has been with the power steering. I brought it to my mechanic numerous times with the power steering leaking. They told me it was the motor, which I'm guessing they mean the power steering pump, and that it was a bad seal, and I've still had issues with it. Is this a problem with any of the models with the Lexus? I'm almost ready to start looking for another car, but I would like to try and put another 40000 on this one before I do that. Uh, most Lexus ES350s are basically just a, a Toyota Camry. It's yeah. The same drive line, the same powertrain. Um, it's uncommon that we see issues 
multiple issues with power steering on those. Uh, sometimes the pumps do leak and the power steering rack, and there is one particular return hose for the fluid that occasionally leaks. Um, unfortunately, if yours happened to catch the trifecta and you wound up with all three of those issues, yeah, that can get a little pricey. Uh, but once those are straightened around, additional 40000 should be nothing on that car. I, I would trust that car all day long, and I'd almost consider keeping it a little more as compared to some of the newer cars, especially with some of the issues we've seen with the newer ones coming in and with the prices on them. Yeah, and you can, and you can Google it. I, I was just doing that. Hey, excuse yeah. me, guys. Uh, we have Victor, uh, who's on the line, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to communicate. Good morning, Victor. Hello, Vic. Uh, we can't hear you. Okay, that uh, Victor is that Victor Canales? The it owner? is Victor Canales. If you can, if you can hear me, uh, we thank you for calling in. Yeah, and thank you. Uh, uh, Victor is the owner of the Oldies Channel, and he is in the process of uh, trying to uh, fix our technical difficulties. Uh, thank you, Victor. Thanks, uh, Vic. We appreciate you working on it. Uh, Victor, you can text us if you'd like at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Okay. Um, I've got one here from Casey on YouTube. It says, Earl, do you have any thoughts on what market Toyota was targeting when they decided to bring the Crown to North America, the new Toyota Crown? Well, that's a good question. And, and of course, they haven't done that yet. They, they are in the process. Uh, I think that the Avalon, of course, was retired, which we are very sad to hear because it was a uh, it's a great car. I mean, Nancy and I drive one, uh, and uh, we love it. Uh, they decided to drop that line. The Crown is an electric car, so uh, I guess they felt in their portfolio of uh, models they wanted to be able to offer a top-of-the-line car. And fr from what I know, you know, the Crown's been around for a long, long time. When I first became a Toyota dealer back in 1975, there was a Crown. Mm -hmm. And then they retired it to... Uh, other than the USA, and now they're coming back. So, oh, well, the pictures I've seen of it, beautiful, look really nice. Beautiful, absolutely. Yeah. And this one from Tom, he says, I noticed that the Atlanta dealers include the dealer fee in their advertised prices around Atlanta, Georgia. That's a pretty cool thing. And he also says, uh, deflate tires and lose all that five hundred dollar nitrogen. <laughs> oh boy! Well, I'm amazed. <laughs> I, I, you just told me uh, is this Bob, uh, Tom, Tom, Tom Stickle. Uh, Tom, thank you. Uh, I didn't know they were including the dealer fees. Uh, somebody must be doing their job, in uh, maybe the attorney general's office in Georgia, or some somebody in the Atlanta metro area. Someone actually got the dealers' attention because Atlanta used to be a terrible place in terms of advertising. Mm -hmm. and that was it was like it was like Miami. I mean, uh, it was the, the the it was the belly of the beast. If you really want to get taken advantage of, buy a car in, in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's good news. I uh, we'll definitely uh, verify that, and uh, we can go online and uh, look at some prices and see if they do include the fees. The problem is uh, when you go online and when you you know read an advertisement, you only know the fees they you can see that they include. It's the ones that you don't see when you come into the dealership 
that really, really. Uh, uh, here's a little trick that uh, some of the dealers are using now. They will say, either we include our dealer fee in the price of the car, or we don't charge a dealer fee. Now they're playing on words. They're playing word games with you because dealer fee doesn't mean anything. If you go to uh, the you know, Webster's and look it up, it's not going to give you a lot of information. They call their hidden fee. That's, I prefer hidden fee to a dealer fee, they call their hidden fee all sorts of things, electronic filing fee, administrative fee, doc fee, uh, you know, uh, any, they call it uh, uh, Tweety, Tweety Pie fee, they call it anything they want to, and uh, we'll, but we'll double check, thanks for the input on Atlanta. Uh, so basically any, any fee charged that is not part of the advertised price of the car is an added on hidden fee except for government fees except for the government yeah. taxes yeah. title yeah we I, no. if i had my way if someone made me the the head guy from all consumers in the world i would say that wherever you're selling a product the price includes everything including government fees i mean well, well, well why are we playing the game here i mean you know it is what you have to borrow the money for, from, or to write the check for, or reach in your pocket to take the cash out. I mean, it's what you have to give the company to get the product that's important to you. Exactly. So, so why have stuff that you don't put in there? The, the government fees are sometimes a little complex to calculate. Uh, in Florida, for example, the uh, uh, state sales tax is 6%, and then some municipalities, local Regional areas have a half a percent, uh, and uh, your license plate and your registration depends on your birth date and whether you transferred a plate from one car to another. Why? Why should you have to get a headache worrying about all that? Put the burden on the seller, and the seller should have a law that says, if I don't do this, they're going to come and cuff me and take me away. I'm going to have to put the full price on every vehicle I sell. But as it stands now, they let them get away with government fees. That's okay with me. Uh, just don't add anything that goes to you in that advertised price, meaning the seller. If it goes to the state of Florida or Wyoming, then that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, folks. Um, you are listening to the recovering car dealer and Rick, and uh, they were discussing fees and uh, you can always go to rural on cars and you can read his column uh, i have several times but i remind you fees are okay it's the hidden fees that are illegal very illegal it's taking advantage of the consumer uh, i'm going to remind everyone we are having uh telephone issues uh but because there's so many options uh, on how to get in touch with us um, uh, we have facebook we have youtube uh, we have uh, your anonymous feedback dot com we have texts uh seven seven two four nine seven uh six five three zero uh so we'll continue to get on with the show and ask you for your patience and if you have an opinion a question anything at all take advantage of those options that uh, i just explained to you and uh again your anonymous feedback.com 772-497-6530 now back to the recovering car dealer yeah one of the things i was going to talk about before it, it, to me uh it, it it's interesting to a lot of people 
uh, autonomous cars. And uh, there's a big controversy about that. Uh, some people think that they're never going to be a totally autonomous cars. Some people think that it's not a good thing that they would be. Uh, and some people, like Elon Musk, think that their cars are already self-driving. And, and there's a lot of criticism of Tesla of being too, uh, what's the word, uh, aggressive about marketing uh, their autonomous cars. Um, Excuse me. Um, I just got word that Mike uh, has been reached. He's on his way to the studio. And, uh, folks, you'll be able to uh, call in shortly. Not now. Uh, I'm get, I gave you the Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, your anonymous feedback, uh, text uh, 772-497-6530. Uh, but our technical issue is temporary. So bear with us. Now back to the recovering car dealer. So we're talking about autonomous cars. Nancy and I have a Tesla. It's a Tesla Plaid. That's the S model, but the Plaid S model. And uh, it has a total self-driving, which finally was cut over where we could do if they measured our performance. And now we can do full autonomy. Uh, we were surprised. Uh, on a negative side, uh, we were really, really high on the idea. We still are, but it's not what it is... Uh, Represented to be. Now, I'm going to hold this up to the camera. This is the rear of our car. And the bumper sticker you see there, we had put on. And it basically, uh, basically uh, makes the uh, uh, obvious that the car we're driving has a total self-driving and it is autonomous. Why did we put that on there? We're not bragging. Uh, we're putting that on there because when we do have autonomous on, um, it makes some mistakes that are a little frightening to us as drivers and even maybe more frightening to the people around us. Uh, the, car, the, the, the autonomous portion of the car errs on the side of being very careful. Uh, and I'll give you an example. When you're driving a car, it's a Tesla, and you have it on full autonomous, and you're driving down the road, let's say there's a, a, a young child uh, with a bicycle and he's standing on the side of the road, he might have the wheel of his bike over the curb. Now, in normal times, when you see something like that, you see it, hopefully the child sees it, you slow down, you move your, you move your car over another lane, you make eye contact. I mean, there's, there's a, a, a lot of things that happen that we don't think about as human drivers. Now, with the, uh, uh, Tesla, when the camera sees the child with the wheel over the car, uh, over the curb, uh, you could be going 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, speed limit or whatever, and uh, the car stops because the Tesla overcorrects. And you know, uh, I'm glad I don't. You, they could not afford to to have a child hit or killed or, or injured, something like that. Uh, same thing goes true with heavy construction. Uh, we're in South Florida. The show is coming from. North Palm Beach, huge amount of, of uh, construction around on the roads, infrastructure, and uh, a lot of cones. A lot of you, these, these are orange, bright orange cones, and other sorts of uh, construction uh, paraphernalia. Uh, you see uh, uh, lines on the road, center lines, uh, the curb edge lines, painted over, and then uh, new lines painted. 
confusing to humans. Well, it's even more confusing to to cameras on autonomous vehicles. And again, we've got to the point now where we've had to uh, put the sign on the back of the car if we want to use autonomous so people don't blow their horns and make obscene gestures at Nancy and me because I think we're we're morons stopping the car in the middle of the road. It's been an interesting uh, journey uh, with uh, Tesla and uh, this feature that we so look forward to. And, uh, you know, there's some uh, really major things that... that have really bothered me uh the caution light and what you're supposed to do uh when you do reach a caution light but you see folks um we're driving autonomous uh we as human beings have learned how to drive a certain way and we have been breaking the law and we're all doing it in sync so here comes autonomous uh, and uh, she is just like uh, you know reminding the human race that there are laws on the road so if you're the only one that's reinforcing them by driving autonomous you're in a big big world of trouble because she's stopping at the caution sign uh she can't uh she can't comprehend uh construction that's going on uh whether it's a barrel whether it's a cone so there's a lot of variables here if you you go to rolling cars and you can look at our blog that we did on this very subject and it really uh, will enlighten you if you're thinking about the possibility of buying a tesla with a total self-driving uh it pretty much spells out uh, what you have to deal with. I, I'm glad that we do it. Uh, we will continue to use the autonomous, but we'll do it in uh, uh, safer areas uh, for uh, us and for the other people. When you're driving an autonomous car, you're now worried about your own driving, and of course you always worry about others driving. Now you got to worry about the cars driving, so it's, it's a little tense when you're driving an autonomous car. It's, it's a transition time. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we, it took us a little while to get over from horse and buggy into automobiles, but and this will be a a transition, mm-hmm. but. In the future, it'll be a good thing, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely, once we get there. Uh, but for right now, the best thing for Earl and I to do is to, you know, go to an area that's less traveled uh, because the autonomy part of it, um, it's intriguing. It's interesting. And you almost feel like as if, well, you do. You've stepped into the future, and, and it's an amazing feeling. And for you new listeners out there, uh, for your listeners, again, I apologize for the problem with the telephones, uh, but we have help on the way. Hopefully, we'll be get the phones activated. If you've been trying to call, my apologies. Uh, but uh, you can get in touch with us by for texting your new us. Listeners, uh, the uh, mystery shopping report is the hi- highlight of the show. I mean, uh, it's uh, we put it at the end of the show to be honest with you, uh, so that you'll listen to the show longer because it's such a cool thing. We pretend to go into a car dealership somewhere in Florida or other states. Uh, we concentrate on Florida. We concentrate on South Florida. And we have a undercover agent. We call her Agent Lightning. She was even mentioned in the Wall Street Journal article the other day. Um, but we send Agent Lightning, in, and she pretends to buy or lease a car. And she reports exactly what happens. Now, you'll, you'll be able to hear this on the show between 9.30 and 10 uh, Eastern Standard Time here uh, in North Palm Beach. 
And you don't want to miss this. We we shopped an AutoNation store, Apple AutoNation Cadillac, and we named names. Uh, we just named the name of the dealership, AutoNation Cadillac. They're on 45th Street in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. So we named that. We named the salespeople and the managers uh, exactly what the prices were. And if there were any undercover, undercover, I would say shenanigans, you know, things that you shouldn't be doing that you do, we talk about it. And we name names and we don't get sued. So we know that if we've been doing this for 20 years, we've been telling the truth. So uh, if for no other reason, uh, listen to the show and wait for that mystery shopping report between 9.30 and 10. And also, you're a very important part of that uh, mystery shopping report. And you can vote at 772-497-6530. And uh, each and every time we use that word shenanigans, what do you think of, Mr. Recovering Car Dealer? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I do. Okay. We think about 20, we talk about 20 years, 21 years that we've been on the air. Oh. And uh, uh, Jonathan uh, blessed us with uh, that, that famous word, oh. uh, shenanigans. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, did it ever, it had, as we were on the air longer, it had more and more meaning, shenanigans. And it's still going on today. So please, be a part of the vote on the mystery shop and i'm not sure if uh, agent sprinkles is around or not but uh, they may get involved too that text number is 772-497-6530 now back to the recovering car dealer we've got one question from mark ryan this is an interesting one he says retirement may be in my near future what type of part-time positions would be available at a car dealership for a retired marketing professor outside of sales. Boy, I tell you, we'd love to have you on. Uh, you know, for a, um, a marketing professor, there, we'd love to pick your brain there. Uh, I'd say coordinate with the uh, marketing company the dealership uses, or if they have an in-house agency, uh, you could be a consultant. Um, I think if you look at most car dealerships, advertising is embarrassing, and uh, it, it is almost as bad as lawyers advertising, uh, which is even more embarrassing. And when you see a really good ad that really gets you interested in the product and the company, I mean, it's really a, a work of art. It's uh, it, a lot of thought and process goes in there, but boy, uh, there are a lot of car dealers out there they would love to have a retired marketing guy that would be able to be a consultant, advisor on all of their marketing and advertising. Hmm. In fact, uh, you know, shoot me your contact information, and we might be able to, you know, when the time comes, we might be able to talk, and you could help us out. All righty. Well, Mark, I hope you heard that one. Uh, contact early. You might be uh, time to move from Iowa down to sunny South Florida. <laughs> That's a long way. <laughs> uh, and this one, uh, Bob that was calling in or trying to call in about the problem on his Mustang, uh, he asked about that. Is says he's got a problem with the electrical system with the uh, dash and glove box lights apparently inoperable, and he's tested the fuses and relays but not getting any solutions. And my next stop is to, or my next recommendation for him is he'd need to get a voltmeter and start testing where the power is stopping. He might have a broken wire or a loose connector in there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that could really get to be a bit of headache. Might be time to get a mechanic involved that knows that one. Uh, so he came back. He said, also, uh, please ask Earl if he has seen any crash data on rear passengers in small SUVs. Uh, he says it's he's seeing very poor results. Uh, that is something we don't really see a lot of in the when they do the testing. You know, they often show what happens with front seat passengers. They don't really show a lot about what happens with rear seat passengers. You know, the last data I can remember on that, because we, we have talked about that on the show, there was a time when the everybody thought uh, you're safer in the, in the back seat. And then the data that I saw, this was probably five years ago, uh, said that actually you're safer in the front seat. I think the, the, uh, it's because of the focus of the government on what's required and what's not required. But, I mean, think about it. You know, I'll put, you know, put your dog in the back seat, put the kid in the back seat. Uh, you want, you know, if you want to be safe, sit in the back seat. And uh, the last data, as I say, you're better off in the front seat. Mm-hmm. But I, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, you should be safe. Actually, mm-hmm. it seems to me it would be easier to be safe in the back seat, but you gotta, you got to engineer and design it to make it that way. It's just not going to happen. Well, as a matter of fact, did you know that Florida state law requires seat belts only for the front seat passengers? Rear seat passengers, it's actually not a legal requirement to wear a seat belt. That's embarrassing. It is. It's it's odd. Is it uh, other states other than Florida? I haven't researched others. I, I just know that Florida's that way. Well, let's Google that. That would be a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I had no idea. So a cop will uh, pull you over if you're in the front seat, in the passenger side, not for not wearing a seatbelt, but if you're in the back seat, it's perfectly okay. Nope. I beg your pardon. They made it. They adjusted it. Okay. It was the, the original one was that way. Now it says Florida law requires use of seatbelts for all drivers and passengers in all motorized vehicles, except a person certified as a, by a physician as having a medical condition that causes seatbelt use to be inappropriate or dangerous. Very interesting. Okay, so, and I would bet other states are probably going to follow that way. Yeah. But I remember when it first came out, it was front seats only. And I always thought that was the craziest thing. It just just didn't seem normal. How many how many folks out there uh, are you know, over twenty five years old? I mean, I've been around a long time since nineteen sixty eight. I'm I'm eighty two, so I was in the car business before we had seat belts. And I can't. I go back in time and I think to myself, whoa, what when I'm how dumb was I? Uh, when they came out with seatbelts, I said, what is this? This is terrible. I mean, uh, it's bad enough to, uh, the cars look bad enough, now the seatbelt's ugly and you got to stuff them down in the seat and no one wants to wear it. If you got a seatbelt on, you gotta, it, t- it takes all that time to put on and then take off. And I, Can you imagine how we felt? And then when they came out with airbags, I mean, some of you old timers out there, think about it. Uh, the car dealers, I thought they were going to uh, revolt when, when the federal government required airbag. Oh, it's going to raise the price of the car so high, <coughs> no one will be able to buy, find a car. Yeah. And they don't really work anyway. You know, you get into an accident, they probably wouldn't work. And I mean, we argued and screamed and yelled and fought about every safety item. I think we finally reached a certain age 
uh, or a time of sophistication where we now truly accept safety items. But if you go back to the 60s and the 70s, uh, we, were, we were just fighting all the way. Cars were safe. You, if you made them bigger and heavier and thicker steel, then that, that made them safer. Turned Absolutely. Out that was exactly the opposite. Absolutely. And because the population has grown, because uh, there are so many people on the road, uh, seatbelts, they do indeed save lives. And uh, if you are in the backseat of a car, sitting in the middle is probably the safest place for you. But the seatbelt is extremely important. So buckle up, baby. And this question from Guy Larrabee on YouTube. In confusing situations for your Tesla, can you turn the full self-driving off? Yeah, and that's the key. Uh, they have a, uh, a thing on the, uh, if, you're, if you're streaming us, I got my hands up here. I, I'm, I'm holding on to the wheel. There's a button right there where my th- right thumb's wiggling, and, and you, you, you have to keep your hands on, your, on the wheel. Uh, oh, okay. You have to. Matter of fact, yeah, I forgot right. to put my hands on the wheel when I first started, and then it stopped the guard. Says, "Okay, that's strike one. We'll give you five strikes. If you leave your hands off the wheel uh, four more times, we're taking away your fully autonomous." Ooh. So Nancy did the same thing. We have three strikes against us anyway. Oh. So I'm on full autonomous. My right thumb. That's it. I just turned it off, and you have to learn how to do that because. Uh, you're, as I say, you're going down the highway, suddenly uh, the car, the autonomous car sees something, you don't know what it is, the car stops. Could be a, a caution light that no one else is paying any attention to. Yeah, it's Could a different world. On the side of the road. Could be an orange cone or a line, some obscure thing. I got into a right lane one time with a left turn. I'd have been there today. You know, uh, I'd still be there if I hadn't turned off the autonomous because. I'm in a busy road with four lanes, heavy traffic, and somehow the car got me in the right lane knowing my navigation was set to make a left turn. So now I'm at the the intersection, and I got my left turn signal on, and I'm just sitting there. And the cars are blowing their horns at me, and my autonomous car is waiting so there'll be enough traffic so he can go over four lanes and make a left turn. Ain't going to happen.com. No, so, uh-uh. So you can turn that off real quickly, and that's the key to success. Yeah. As now, as- the interesting part here is comparing that to, like, a, the car my wife drives, a, just a simple RAV4, a 2019. We have the Lane Keep Assist, which the camera watches the lanes in the road. Yeah. And it helps you stay centered in the lane. Autonomous as part of it. So, yeah. And as you're driving on a highway, we, we drive her car on, on trips a couple times to go up to uh, Lakeland, visit family. And you're off on these nice little two-lane roads sometimes. No other traffic anywhere. You're just cruising along. And it's so tempting to, to just barely hold the steering wheel. If, you don't, if it doesn't detect enough force of your hand on that steering wheel showing that you're still holding the wheel. Now, this is just in a simple RAV4. It will start beeping at you and alert you that you've got to have your hands on the wheel. Well, they have great information. Um, I have, excuse me, I have great information for everyone who's listening out there. Uh, Yes, indeed, we did have uh, phone difficulties, technical difficulties, but right now our phones are up. And the lines are open. I'll believe and it when I hear it. We are waiting to hear from you <laughs> at 877 960 9960. Back to a 
autonomous in Tesla. What you cannot do that you can do in your truck or anyone's vehicle, uh, chit-chat, talk on the phone, uh, text, uh, and, you know, everyone uh, does it. It's not right, but they do it. In that Tesla, you can forget about it because if you are not concentrating, if you're not focused on exactly what is expected of you, you can get yourself killed Mm. or somebody else. So, And uh, I'll tell you what, I have to color my hair more often. Ladies, if you're listening out there, mm-hmm. yeah, since uh, we bought the Tesla, I color my hair a whole lot more often. I think I accumulated maybe about 100 gray hairs when we were uh, in Riviera Beach, and the uh, Tesla was in the right-hand lane, and we had to get uh, three lanes over to the uh, left lane. Yikes. 877-960-9960. Give us a call. If you don't want to call us, Text us, 772-497-6530. Your anonymous feedback, youranonymousfeedback.com. I'm not going to believe the phones are working unless somebody calls. 877, I'm begging you, 877-960-9960. We've been here for an hour and a half, and uh, an hour and 15 minutes, and we uh, haven't had any phone calls because the phones are broken. Now they're fixed. So please help us test it, 877-960-9960. Just say hello, 877-960-9960, because I'm getting very nervous here because the phones have not been working for an uh, hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have anything else for us, Rick? YouTube, Facebook? We are uh, caught up right at the moment. But I'm sure something will come in here pretty quick. Uh, But truth be told, though, I would say that most cars built in the last two years have got all the features necessary to be able to be autonomous. Electric power steering where the car can steer itself. Cameras all around. Yeah, but they don't have enough Lane trace assist. They don't have have enough. Here's here's a, a perfect human example. When you're driving a car normally without autonomy, and you go the four four away stop, okay? Now nobody knows exactly when you got there. I mean, you know, there's a rule that says the guy that got this guy on, on your right, he takes. But people roll differently. And what do you do? You look at the guy. Yep. Now that's the reason I hate tinted windows because I think eye contact when you're driving is extremely important. Yes. Now, when the day comes when autonomous cars can make eye contact. And they do have, by the way, cabin cameras that look into your eye. Mm-hmm. When they look into the eye of the guy that pulled up, the goes, what do you do? You, you go like this. If you, don't, if you can't see me, I'm waving. No. You say, go, come on. Motion, no. yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of humanity. and It's the communication. You smile. I mean, if you yep. smile at somebody, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. Wave at them. So without that human thing until they get to that human thing and they'll do it but it's not there yet yeah it's, okay it's folks communication uh, is breaking news uh <clears throat> my uh, computer is blank uh so uh, jonathan <laughs> is helping me here uh with the calls that uh, we do have and uh, my information is that there are five calls so folks out there if you can hear me uh just hang on uh, we are going to go to our first caller, and that would be uh, Mimi 
Mimi. Hello. Oh, good, good morning. Congratulations. Good morning. It's so Thank nice you. to be able to talk to you again. Um, I have a little question about the radiator fluid. Can you mix the colors? I'm wanting to make sure I have the right color in the car for a 2004 Mercury Grand Marquis. So um, when I look at the, um, I haven't looked at it lately, but if I look in the reservoir, I should see a color, right? Yes. Uh, most manufacturers, going back about 20 years, uh, radiator fluid was all basically a greenish yellow color. And now every manufacturer has come out with a rainbow of colors. Uh, unless it's a specific, certain specific cars require certain coolants. Uh, hybrids and that may have special requirements for their coolant. But what I would do is I would check the owner's manual on your car, and unless it specifically says that you have to have that special type of coolant, then you should be just fine using Prestone or any of the other uh, brand name coolants in your car. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yes, because I'm wanting to make sure that there's some ready. With an old car, you never know when you're going to need things. Oh, mm -hmm. also, what about adding water? Uh, the man who parks across from me was adding water to his radiator, and I said, oh, my goodness, are you supposed to do that? And he said, yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I figured I'd check with you guys and find out about that. Well, uh, again, the old school method was... The old radiator fluids, the coolants that we had, came full strength, and you were meant to mix it 50-50 with water. Uh, and the idea was that way it would cost you a little less for the coolant because you didn't have to pay for the water that you added in. Then they came up with the idea, well, it's hard to keep that perfect mixture because the water can evaporate out, and the chemicals, the ethanol glycol that is left for the uh, from the coolant doesn't evaporate as quickly so you'd be left with a stronger concentration than you'd want so they had different devices for testing that but generally most manufacturers now have gone to a coolant that has the water pre-mixed so you don't have to worry about mixing it you simply would add it in uh double check with your again with your owner's manual to make sure what type you should have but if it says that you're okay with other coolants and you get the type that is full strength you may need to mix it 50% with water in order to get the proper concentration. Most of it, it'll say right on the jug whether or not you need to add water to it. Okay, well, thank you very much. Mimi, Have thank you for calling. I'm glad your phones are working. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, uh, Mimi, are, yes. you, are you a first-time caller? No, no, I've been calling. Thank oh, you. okay. Mimi? <laughs> This is Nancy Stewart. I want to call. I want to thank you for uh, continuing to listen to to Earl on Cars. Uh, we really appreciate our audience. And uh, Mimi, I'll tell you, I, I can't uh, emphasize enough that owner's manual. It's helped me out uh, a heck of a lot. So it's uh, something that is, if you have it right there in your glove box, it's a, it's a great. I have mine on my passenger seat now, so I can just go right to it. But again, thank you for calling and have a great weekend. Oh, you too. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye bye. Our number is 877 960 9960. And uh, you can give us a call. Our phones are working. And we are going to go to Howard, who's holding. And he calls us from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. 
good morning. I hope you all uh, are fine. I'm sorry about what happened, but I guess uh, everything is fixed now. Uh, yeah. thanks, thanks for calling. Now, <laughs> okay. Now, now, do they they still make steel wheels instead of alloy wheels on cars? And my question is, uh, uh, why are most cars now alloy alloy wheels, not steel wheels? Uh they certain cars still have basic steel rims that you can put hubcaps on, but it just seems like now the majority of people want that appearance of the aluminum alloy wheels the the fancier shinier uh you don't have to worry about a hubcap falling off then you're stuck with just that plain black steel wheel um so yeah their steel wheels are still available usually on the more economical cars the lower priced models uh but it just seems like now alloy wheels are all the rage everywhere very expensive too uh, they can be certain ones, yes. Yeah. Now you know the advantage and disadvantage of having steel wheels. Uh, the big advantage to the alloy wheels is that they're lighter weight, and they have gotten the strength up quite a bit, so they don't warp as easily as they used to in the older days. Uh, but the reduced weight makes the wheel easier to balance. The ride is smoother that way, and you do have the. Uh, less weight for better fuel economy. Uh, steel wheels had the advantage of strength. So if you hit a pothole good and hard with an alloy wheel, there is a chance that it can actually crack or break the wheel, whereas the steel wheel is more likely to bend. And I've actually fixed quite a few steel wheels that are bent a little bit. If the rim is sim the rim of the wheel is bent right up next to the tire bead, you can actually take the tire off and use a big adjustable wrench and actually just straighten it right back out and right? make bring that wheel right back to shape. Hmm. Okay, now, the, you know, big disadvantage of steel wheels, they rust, and you have to keep after them. And uh, I had steel wheels, and what I used to do is I used to take them off, sand them, and repaint them. But uh, I don't think anybody, any dealership does that. Am I correct? If a person came in with a steel wheel and said, look, they're rusting. Could you paint it? Would you do that? Ah, we could, but anymore, it's not really all that necessary because the original coating and paints that they put on them last so much more. They're so much more durable, the coating, that we rarely see rusted wheels anymore. That's very rare, very uncommon. Uh, one I'm other advantage, about, though, I'm with steel about, wheels. I'm, talk, I'm talking about my 1999 Toyota with a steel wheel that yeah. rusted like crazy. Well, you could you could actually buy a a paper ring that goes around the rim, so you don't get any paint on the tire, and paint it yourself anytime you wanted. Uh, I but, was able to I was able to mask off the uh, the tire. Sure. And uh, spray spray it. So, I mean, that's a long time ago. I'm 87 years old, and at that time I was like uh, a young guy of 56. <laughs> so uh, there's a big difference now. I can't do things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one other question. Sure. Um, tires and dry rot. I have a tire, uh, two tires, and it's getting dry rot. It's only three years old. And also, uh, I, I checked it out. Uh, the It's not wearing evenly. Uh, so I want to throw in the tire and get a new one, but I have tires for life. And uh, the, those con the tire condition is not good. So I wonder if uh, 
even though if it, it's not, uh, you know, the, the tread is not down completely where the where you see Lincoln's head is pretty close. Can I have that tire replaced and tires for life? If any part of the tread of that tire is below three thirty seconds of an inch, then we will replace those tires under tires for life. Okay. Now, what about the test with the penny? I, I know it's not scientific, but does it actually show if you, you if, if you can see Lincoln's yeah, that's, head? Yeah, that's that's kind of a shade tree method, but that actually comes up when you're about two thirty seconds of an inch which the NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration, says when a tire reaches two thirty seconds of an inch, it's time to replace it. Well, we say, no, we went to three thirty seconds and gave you a little extra and said, no, when those tires are getting down close to time that they say it's time to replace it, we're going to replace it then. Okay, that's good. that's good to know. Okay, now my last question. Uh, transmission has a hundred thousand miles. Not mine, but it, what what is the maintenance on a hundred thousand mile uh, transmission? What's the car? Camry. Uh, what year? Uh, two thousand seventeen. No maintenance. Really? Nope. It's a maintenance free no. unit. It's not meant to be messed with. Leave it be. You'll see that in your owner's manual. Okay. You know how many mechanics, uh, if you go to an aftermarket, you know, a Jiffy Lube, they they will tell you 100,000 miles, your transmission is going to blow. We have to replace it. We have a machine that we hook it up. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So explain about that machine and why it's not necessary. Uh, Well, the machine can be very helpful for... Uh, transmissions that do require a fluid replacement or if you're say if you've got a vehicle that you're doing a lot of towing or hard driving on the vehicle something like that or some people just say I want to do it anyways regardless of what the owner's manual says for maintenance I still want to do it okay well basically this machine connects up to the coolant lines for the transmission and it removes all the old fluid and pumps in fresh new fluid so the entire amount of fluid in the transmission gets replaced. Uh, Back 20, 30 years ago, we would do a transmission service, which was recommended by the manufacturer, where you would simply drain out the fluid from the pan and refill it. Unfortunately, you were only changing about four to five quarts of fluid on a transmission that might hold 12 to 13 quarts of fluid. So these machines they came out with We'll replace all the fluid and make sure the whole thing gets brand new fluid. But you really would only need that if, say, you accidentally got into deep water and some water got into transmission through the breather vent. Then we would use that machine to make sure to clean that out and save your transmission. And it cost a couple hundred dollars versus a couple thousand. Okay, now my my really last question. A friend of mine has a uh, six-cylinder Camry. And he wants to put a tow bar in the back. He wants to carry a small load. Is that possible, or do you have to do something to the transmission to cool it? Uh, Camrys are not meant to tow anything. If you're putting a bicycle rack or something on it, that'd be fine. But 
I wouldn't recommend trying to tow anything with a Camry. Okay. Thanks, Howard. Uh, I appreciate yeah. the call very much. We'll be uh, call again next week, please. Thank you, Howard. Uh, we are going to, I'm going to give you that text number again so you can vote on our mystery shopping report. And the uh, mystery shopping report comes from AutoNation, and uh, that is AutoNation Cadillac and West Palm Beach. Uh, now back to the uh, recovering car dealer. Yeah, one of the comments we were talking about tread, which has been an issue with me for a long time. What is a safe tread on a car? And I've had that conversation with a lot of my customers. I've had it with uh, government officials. Uh, as Rick said, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says 230 seconds is uh, uh, safe. Uh, we in our dealership have determined that we feel 330 seconds is safe. The fact of the matter is, from the time you get on the, into a car with brand new tires, which could have, what, 830 seconds or 630 seconds? Usually brand new tires are... For a passenger car, are between nine and ten thirty seconds. Okay, so ten thirty seconds. Now that that's as safe as your tire is ever going to be, assuming you have inflation and you take care of the tire. Now, as soon as you go from ten thirty seconds to nine thirty seconds, guess what? It's not as safe as it was. And when it gets down to five thirty seconds, it's not as safe as it was. So it's a subjective, judgmental um, decision that. Every individual has to make. I, at our dealership, we have what we call tires for life. Uh, as long as you own the car and have your factory recommended maintenance, we provide you with tires, uh, you know, six sets of tires, three sets of tires, whatever it takes. Uh, and the conversation I have with some of my customers is, I only have 430 seconds on there. I say, well, we'll replace it at 330 seconds. I say, well, I, I don't want my daughter, my wife, my family riding in that car. I don't feel safe. And I can't argue with that. I mean, that, it's a subjective thing. I, uh, if you want to be really, really safe, uh, buy yourself a, a new set of tires every month. I mean, that, that'll be the ultimate safety. Uh, and I, I don't know where the NHTSA came up with 230 seconds. I'd like to see the data on that sometime. But it's a decision each of us has to make. Take care of the tires and, and measure them and then decide where you feel safe before you replace your tires. And one thing you can do is look in the gap between the treads. And about every couple inches around the tire, there's a small raised section. So that when those tires get worn out, that'll actually create a line going yeah. straight across the tread of the tires, yeah. which is your indicator that it's time to put new tires on Would that be uh, 230 seconds? When it, when that, That's at 230 yeah. seconds when yeah, that'll they, show up. Yeah, let me tell you, when you get out of 230 seconds, it looks like you're riding on sl slick tires. It looks like a drag race tire with no tread at all. So don't ever let it get down to 230 seconds. Oh. Really bad news. Any uh, phone calls? 877 960-9960. It's hard to believe. We got the phones fixed. We've only had, what, two calls? We do have the phones fixed, and uh, I'm going to send out a few apologies to, uh, I believe it's uh, Chris and uh, Bob, who uh, called in first uh, this morning. And uh, also to remind Daisy, get me that information, Daisy. That's the only way I can get you your $50. And uh, if you didn't get my number, it's 561-386-6498. That's 561-386-6498. And uh, Earl's latest column 
uh, goes quite well uh, with the mystery shopper report uh, this morning. Uh, it is a car dealer's secret profit rapidly rising to record levels. You want to take a look at that. And as I said, it pairs uh, quite well with the mystery shopping report. And ladies and gentlemen, please vote. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we mystery shopped, uh, or Agent Lightning mystery shopped uh, uh, Auto Nation Cadillac on 45th Street. Now back uh, to the recovering car dealer. Now we're talking about, Nancy just mentioned the uh, hidden profit, a secret profit of the car dealers, and I'm referring to the finance and insurance department. Um, we talked earlier in the show, if you're listening about AutoNation, the largest retailer, the second largest now retailer of cars in the world, I think they've got 300 plus car dealerships. They make over $2,700, $2,700 on every car they, they sell. So used car or new car, whether they finance it or not, on the average, they make so much finance and insurance profit they average over $2,700 for every car. Now, if you don't listen to anything else or, or, or hear any recommendation we make on this show, remember this. When you buy a car and you want to finance it, check with your bank and check with your credit union first. Don't ever go into a car dealership and say, can you finance my car for me after you buy it? Because you're just opening your checkbook, giving them the pen, giving them a, your signature they can copy, and say, fill in the blank. They will make a ton of money. Think about this. AutoNation, largest retailer of cars, averages over $2,700 per car. That's average. Now, you know what the average is? It's the best of the worst of the worst of the best. That means that AutoNation is making $10,000 on some cars they deliver in finance, and they're making $500 on some other cars. You don't want to be the sucker that goes in there and pays ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 profit in finance and insurance products when you could go to your credit union for a small fraction of that. Credit unions have a better deal for you, typically, than banks. And by the way, a lot of people don't know, you don't have to have, you don't have to be an employee of a company that has a credit union to have access to a credit union. There are a lot of uh, uh, credit unions out there, public credit unions that you can join. It would be a membership fee, nominal, I mean, $30 a year or $100 a year, maybe, I'm not... I'm not sure exactly what it would be, but it would be well worth it if you ever borrow money. Credit unions don't have a lot of the taxes and other fees that the federal government charges banks. Credit unions get a pass. Banks don't like that because really credit unions are unfair competition to banks. But uh, if, if you're going to finance a car, do not use the dealer financing. The one, uh, the one exception is when the manufacturer of that car, they have what they call a captive finance company. Honda would have one, uh, General Motors has one. Most of the manufacturers have what they call captive finance companies. They own the bank, so to speak. Sometimes those captive finance companies, General Motors or Honda or whatever, they'll have a special, you know, 1% financing or 2% financing. That's legitimate. And if you can take advantage of that, 
then it's well worthwhile. That's the only time you should finance your car with a bank. Great information. And uh, folks, I'll tell you what, uh, Earl said it, never, never let the dealership finance the car for you. You know, uh, unless you've gone out and compared and checked, you know, uh, and, and, and you've done your homework, um, it's a real melting pot for making a hell of a lot of money. We're gonna go. To, we're gonna go back to Rick. I got one more here from Charles Reeves. He says, "Good morning, all. First-time car buyer, more than ready to pull the trigger. Which do you think would be a better financial decision for a Subaru Forester Wilderness, a 20, 2022 lease, or a 2023 finance?" Well, that's a tough one. I I, I don't have the data on that. I would get. Uh, a comparative um, analysis. I take the car and I would compare the lease with with the financing. As you know, interest rates are going up considerably, and uh, even though they're lower than they've been historically in times past, uh, it's still much higher than they have been recently. So uh, this has got a lot of people worried, and your monthly payment on a finance is going to definitely go up consider considerably. Uh, Leasing will have the subsidies that they used to have pretty soon. The manufacturers and the dealers are getting nervous because leasing is dropping off to a fraction of what it used to be. It used to be like 30% of every car's released. Now it's like 10%. And when the manufacturer and the dealer lease a car, they usually lease or sell another car to that person. The control they have because they know who you are, where you are, uh, they know how much money you got because they lease the car to you. They own the car, so you have to bring it back to them. Uh, they have a lot of control. Gives them that ability to get you into another car of the same make and sometimes from the same dealer. So they sweeten the pot on leases, and they have not been doing that since the COVID, the whole economic situation we find ourselves in. So it's, we're getting to the point now where there will be some lease subsidies and you'll be able to lease a car at a heck of a deal. So uh, I would say on a Subaru, check them both out. Get the best credit union rate from, or, the, or bank rate you can from your bank and your credit union. And then look at the dealer, a lease deal, because the banks are... Uh, credit unions that you deal with don't lease cars, but the uh, the dealer, probably captive uh, leasing company would, and compare, and do a very do a careful analysis. If this is just a monthly payment on lease, you got to worry about it. It's the down payment, so and also the option to purchase. Where okay, folks, uh, I think we're going to get back to Rick if he's got uh, uh, texts or maybe he'll FaceTime. Or we could do the mystery shopping report. You too. That probably might be the good one. Go for Mystery Shopping. Okay, Mystery Shop of Auto Nation Cadillac <coughs> in West Palm Beach. Now, uh, I'll digress a little bit because we have a little bit of time. And I love talk, talking about history because I've been around a long time. I'm an old guy. And uh, when my father started uh, Stuart Pontiac in West Palm Beach in 1937, uh, uh, he, had a, he knew a guy at the uh, in General Motors named Bud Schooley. Bud Schooley turned out to be the Cadillac dealer. He'd never been a dealer before, so my father worked with uh, Bud Schooley 
to show them how to sell cars, how to be a dealer. And uh, the two of them got to be good friends. And uh, Bud Schooley had two sons, Bill Schooley and Chuck Schooley. I know I'm boring a lot of people, but I like to talk about these things. And uh, they ran the dealership for many, many, many years. And, of course, with Cadillac in Palm Beach County, that was like a license to steal. And my father, who had a Pontiac dealership, he was, uh, you know, he's just making an average profit. But uh, Cadillac dealer in Palm Beach County, trust me, a lot of money. Did very well. And eventually, uh, Schoolie sold out to, guess who? AutoNation. And AutoNation, Cadillac is now on 45th Street in West Palm Beach. And with all that said, that is our shopping target. Agent Lightning was dispatched to visit AutoNation Cadillac on 45th Street in West Palm Beach. In the last few weeks, we've targeted uh, luxury car dealerships. We had Audi and Mercedes most recently. This week, we selected the other American luxury brand, Cadillac. Tesla is also the largest luxury uh, manufacturer, luxury car manufacturer in the world. But people don't think of Tesla as being a luxury car. Uh, and I can see that. I mean, it's not, it's not a Bentley. It's not a Rolls Royce. It's not even a Cadillac. But it, in terms of uh, qualifications, it does qualify. But... Uh, the Cadillac is kind of considered the American luxury car, uh, American built. Uh, so we went in there. Uh, Asian lighting wasn't subjected to anything really unpleasant. Uh, this is the sort of shopping experience we've come to expect from the premium brands. You know, the, 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 the people that got all the money uh, and buy the luxury cars are usually less tolerant of being pushed around. And the manufacturer, the, uh, the luxury dealers understand that. And uh, they can afford to buy a car wherever they want, when they want. And so they can't be coerced or tricked as easily, unfortunately, as uh, the average person. So uh, we usually find pretty good treatment from the luxury car dealers. Another factor that may make this mystery shop a pleasant one is the dealer. And that is an auto nation who, as I said a couple times during the show, they're, they're the biggest retailer, not technically now because Lithia, who I haven't, haven't even heard of, they passed them in total number of dealerships. But for many, many years, AutoNation has been number one. And as you know, they make more money financing cars than anybody. If AutoNation hadn't, hasn't cleaned up the retail car business, it certainly has come close to standardizing it. When you're a public company, and the Securities Exchange Commission has got their eye on you, you got to be pretty careful. I mean, you're a target. You're a big target. The little dealer, you know, here, there, and everywhere, he can get away with all sorts of stuff. Uh, but when you're a publicly owned company, all it takes is one stockholder uh, to file a stockholder suit against a public company. Bingo, you got the Securities Exchange Commission looking at you. So the publicly owned companies have to toe the line a little bit more than the privately held companies. Um, 316 locations. I didn't realize how big they were. 316 car dealerships, AutoNation. Our experience shopping at AutoNation stores has been mixed. For the most part, AutoNation's dealerships behave themselves. Their biggest failures have come on Takata tests and proper administration of the Costco auto program. And everybody fails those tests. I mean, nobody did Takata uh, airbag recall, right? Uh, and 
the Costco Auto Program is just, it's a shame what they do to it. Again, before I just pass it up too quickly, if you're going to buy a car and you're not a Costco member, join. The Costco Auto Buying Program is the best program out there anywhere in terms of getting the lowest price on the car. Um, AutoNation also has a decent uh, grade point average on our good dealer, baddealerlist.com. Now, I know that's a mouthful. You go to erlencars.com, and we have a sublink there, gooddealerbaddealerlist.com, and you can see all of our shopping reports. And you find out uh, we, we, we grade people on the curve, grade car dealers on the curve, and we have some deals with A's, not many, and we have some deals with D's and C's. Uh, if you're an F, if you failed, you're really bad, and we have do not buy from this dealer list. So save yourself a lot of aggravation. Check our good dealer, bad dealer list com at Earl and Cars and uh, start out with uh, someone that's got a better score and, uh, and you have a less of a chance of being taken advantage of. Okay, back to the shopping report, mystery shopping report. We sent Agent Lightning in to try to buy a new 2023 Cadillac STX SUV. Okay, here we go. I'm uh, speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived mid-afternoon and barely made it out of my car when I was greeted by Abi, A-B-I, a salesman. He asked me how he could help and if I knew what I was looking for. He was nice, but kind of overwhelming. Yeah, a little pushing, you know, it happens. I said I wasn't sure I was leaning toward an SUV and was considering the STX, I'm sorry, ST6, ST6, but would consider anything new. Abi suggested we go inside the showroom where we could see each of the available models. Abi asked me to sit in each model, just like he said. We started with the smallest sedan and made our way up to the SUVs. I settled on the ST6, which is the one I had my eyes on anyway. The MSRP was $59,965. That's manufacturer's suggested retail price. And there was uh, an addendum right there on the window, and that addendum was $1,577. Added for the three-year appearance protection, dent protection, and window tint. So there you have it. MSRP 59965, add $1,577. Abby led me to his desk, asked me to hand over my driver's license. He asked me uh, a bunch of lifestyle questions like what I plan to use the car for. I said I plan to drive it around town. Nothing special. Abby grabbed the keys and drove the ST6 out of the showroom. I met him outside. We took it for a spin. I drove and listened to him go over the uh, vehicle's features. We returned to the lot, and Abby asked me if I liked the technology. I said my husband did more of that kind of stuff than I did. Uh, then he showed me, and then he showed off the self-parking feature. And that's pretty cool if you haven't ever seen it before. That's been around for a long time. Uh, 2006, I want to say, is yeah. the fir- or no, 2010 was first year I saw uh, Prius. Yeah, over 10 years, 12 years, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, I, I was amazed as, as if I were uh, Agent Lightning, and I enjoyed watching me experience it. I'm not crazy about it personally. I, it takes too long. Mm, Maybe yeah. they've improved it, I don't know. 
Abby put the keys away as soon as he went inside. He explained to uh, a woman posing as a customer. <laughs> now, I'm a woman. You know, Agent Lightning is a woman. So Abby explained that a woman posing as a customer had recently stolen a BMW from the uh, Cadillac dealership, uh, AutoNation Cadillac. And uh, I guess he thought maybe uh, I'm being hit twice the same day. It was very interesting. Uh, it was stolen the same day. That, uh, or maybe the day before, I'm hmm. not sure. Back at his desk, Abby will want to know if I plan to lease her finance. I said I was paying cash, uh, possibly financing, definitely not leasing. Abby encouraged me to think about leasing, and we, we talked about that a few minutes ago. If you're listening, uh, the dealers are really, really trying to get you to lease again. The manufacturers will love you to lease. Why? Because you're like 50% more likely to lease or buy another car if you lease your first car. And so the money involved with that kind of a percentage is huge. And we will see leasing incentives come back pretty quick, I think. The one uh, with the addendum started with the 59,000. Okay. I okay. He also printed two worksheets, one with the addendum items, one without. Now, worksheets are documents that are not legal, they're not contracts. So they can play they can play games a little bit with you, meaning they, the car dealer, and they don't want to use a vehicle buyer's order. Because a vehicle buyer's order is a legal document. With a worksheet they can, you know, put a number down that's not a real number, uh, take a number off. I mean it it's, it says there in the fine print at the bottom, this is not a legal document. This is not obligatory to you or to me and it's just a worksheet which is what they call it anyway the worksheet with the addendum started with a fifty nine thousand nine hundred sixty five dollar msrp plus the fifteen hundred seventy seven dollars which we talked about which was the uh tinted glass and some other nonsense and we get into the hidden fees now one hundred ninety nine dollar electronic filing fee you hear that a lot they like that name because it sounds like a uh, a tag agency thing. It sounds like a government fee, but it's not. $199 electronic filing fee is profit to the dealer. And they've got it disguised to be a government fee. You want to hear another government fee to disguise? $995 dealer services fee. Sounds pretty official, doesn't it? Fee. You know, when you throw that word fee out, it really sounds, eh, it's probably a state Florida thing. You know, it's a Maybe a federal thing. I don't know. Got to be a government thing. Uh, the other one just had junk fees. I chose that one. Uh, that was the uh, other worksheet. There was two of them. I went over some uh, estimated interest rates, told me uh, he was ready whenever I was. I thanked him for his help, and I left. And that was it. I uh, had a photograph uh, that you can't read. I've got my magnifying class here. And this is, uh, I'll hold it up, you, you'll see you can't really, you can't see the uh, fine print. The fine print is down here at the very bottom. But um, it basically uh, it says that the additional items like the uh, tent uh, and the protection package, you don't have to, uh, they're not required to buy the car. Now that says that in the fine print. Now, my question is, because it's pre-installed, what are they going to do? Give it to you free? I don't know. 
Uh, it doesn't get that far. Why? Because nobody can read the fine print, so you don't know. It's not obligatory, but AutoNation, as I said before, they're, you know, they're monitored by the Security Exchange Commission. They're a publicly held company, so they have to dot their I's and cross their T's. The way companies get away with things, they put in the fine print. Nobody sees it. Nobody's any of the wiser, but when the lawyer comes or the attorney general sends you the complaint, you say, look, I said right here in the fine print. You don't have to take that. The fact that nobody can read the fine print doesn't mean anything, but that's, that's what they do. Okay, here we have Automation Cadillac in West Palm Beach, a mystery shopping report from Agent Lightning, and we need to get some votes in. You have the right to vote. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we will grade on the curve. I always say that. There's no such thing as a perfect car dealer, and therefore we don't give A's out only to people that did everything right. If you do most everything right, on the curve, certainly in Florida, that'd probably get you an A. We don't have too many A's, but we do have a few. And then we go A, B, C, D, F is a failure. We don't have too many F's either, really. We, we kind of, it's that middle ground. And when you go to Earl on Cars and check good dealer, bad dealer list, pick somebody with a C or a B. If you can find an A geographically close to you, grab that A. There are not too many A's around. Okay, we got any votes coming in? I would like for you to vote at 772-497-6530. Your vote's very important. 772-497-6530. That is AutoNation Cadillac in West Palm Beach. We're going to go to Rick to see if we can okay. retrieve any. We've got Negan Once, F for fees. If they drop the fees, then C for where's my caddy. <laughs> Kirk in West by God, Virginia, AutoNation Cadillac, dang near $4,000 in dealer add-ons and junk fees, and a solid D. Joseph Kelleher with a D minus. Ooh. Bob, B minus for AutoNation Cadillac, fake fees are an issue. That's still a pretty good grade. Tom Steckel, D, dealer fees and low value addendums don't drive pink. Drive broke. By the way, AutoNation's, uh, their their uh, slogan they've got now, they put a pink ring around the license plate. Yeah. says, AutoNation, drive pink yeah. uh, for breast cancer awareness, Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Tim Gilliland, fees, fees, fees. Where's the door, please? C minus. <laughs> Brian Sedlatko, I'll give him a C for Cadillac. Johnny Z. Fraidley. D, $299 for window tint is fine, but the rest is trash. Rocky Blockateel, pretty typical. I'll give him a C. Uh, this is Las Caritas, 31, with a C. And let's see. Whoop. Ah. Why did a sales professional ask Agent Lightning what they would be using the vehicle for? This is anonymous on the, the tech side. Fees, C-. minus. Uh, Wayne Vite with a C minus, and double check in here to see if we got any other coming in. Uh, oh, and Kirk in West by God, Virginia, always check for a declination statement on the products sold by F and I. Myself, I'm gonna go ahead and say I, I'll give them a, a, a C. I think uh, yeah. pretty average type thing. 
And if you beat them up, you can probably get a little discount, get some of that stuff taken, dropped off the price. Yeah. But like you say, for Cadillac, you know, they're not going to play as many games. Yeah, to answer your question, that was, that was a good question. But why do they want to know why Agent Lightning wanted, to, wanted the car, how to use it? And uh, Abby, uh, that was the schoolie, uh, I said schoolie, uh, AutoNation Cadillac, the salesman's name, Abby. Uh, he was trying to do his job. They train salespeople to not focus on price. And um, they don't want buyers that have researched price, that have gotten competitive prices. Uh, they want... They want to sell the dealership, they want to sell the product, and they want you to feel like they really were serious about seeing that you got the model within their make of car, Cadillac in this case, that would best suit you. I mean, maybe an SUV is right for you, maybe a sedan, uh, maybe a, a, a larger, smaller car, whatever the case may be. So when you get your mind off of pricing, that's when they can slip it to you. That's when they. Mm. That's when the price be as oh, you know, we finally got. You're gonna love this car, and you do. I mean, they find the car that is right for you, and you feel good. It's easy for you to get in and get out of, close the door. I mean, there is a car that's more right than another car, and if the guy spends the time, the salesman spends the time, you're you feel almost indebted and obligated to him. And I want to. You don't want an argument with him. So when he says. This car is, and they give you a, a number much higher than you thought. You're less reluctant to scream and go running somewhere else, because making then you sure have, the shoe fits. Yeah, because you'd have to go through the same process to go do it all over again. So, in this case here, that's why he did it. I think he did a good job. I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to give him a C plus. I, I think the salesperson uh, uh, did a pretty good job. He. he he treated the uh, agent lighting a woman with with the respect. Uh, Nancy had a bad experience. She was when she first came to town from Pittsburgh a long time ago. She happened to go into uh, the car dealership. Uh, it was called what? Schooly then. Schooly. And they didn't treat you right, did they? Mm-mm. No, no, they sure didn't. I asked uh, too many questions, and uh, they, you know, responded in a rather well negative way. They said that. Um, you know, those type of questions don't come from someone who can afford a Cadillac. No. And, uh, you know, this it goes on and on. Anyway, um, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, we're talking about a Cadillac dealership. You know, all these games, are they really necessary? Uh, forgive me, not games, fees. It's, uh, it's just... It, it doesn't represent uh, a, a luxury um, a dealership, and uh, um, the fees are just so unnecessary. Doing business the right way, living up to the reputation of uh, Schooly Cadillac, uh, which they are now Auto Nation. Uh, for me, uh, I give them a D minus. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening. We're sorry uh, this morning. Uh, we're sorry about the phone problem. We got it fixed, but maybe a little bit too late. I feel bad about our true oldies listeners to the south of us because I know Pompano, Fort Lauderdale, we just joined us, and we had like an extra, what was it, 20,000 people in the South Florida market join uh, Earl on Cars from the true oldies stations. So you folks down there in Pompano and Miami and that area, yeah. uh, 
I think... Uh, Come back again next week and our phones will be working. Yeah, Palm Beach, Broward, Martin, St. Lucie, uh, Glades, Hendry, Indian River, Okeechobee. Gosh, we love you being with us and listening to us week in and week out. Uh, Rick? And to Frank and Jupiter Farms, yes, we will be here for the next two weeks. Uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, we will be here. Yes, thank you, Rick. Uh, so uh, to all of us, we wish you a great weekend, and we'll be right back here on Saturday at 8 a.m.